This episode of the podcast deals heavily with suicide and may cause strong feelings. If you are in any way affected by this episode, links to relevant contacts are in the description. And if you feel particularly vulnerable, please contact 999. Discretion is advised. Welcome back to another episode of Mind Stigma with myself, Tom Perry. Uh, me, Alex Emery. But today we are joined by a special guest, Debbie Wilson, and she's here to tell us a little bit about her story with the struggles of mental health, but from the other side. Yeah, so uh, Debbie, just uh, thank you for coming on. Oh, um, you're more than welcome. I know you and Tom have a, a relationship, um, for want of better words. Yeah. <laughs> basically where you know each other quite and, you know, you've obviously been very open with Tom about your uh, struggles with your partner and, and, and what happened there. And obviously, we want you to just um, highlight what the mental health, um, what happens with mental health on the other side yeah, in relation sure. to their partner and, you know, stuff that we've covered before. So talk to us about what happened and as, as best you can to your knowledge and what you want to share with us. Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So eight years ago, last Monday, my husband come home from work um, and left the house an hour later and never came back. Um, so as you can imagine, it was traumatic. Police knocking on the door saying that they'd found his body um, and unfortunately he took his life um, by the friars at Alsford. Um, yeah, and had hung himself. So, as you can imagine, a bit of total complete shock. Knew Kim suffered a bit with depression. Um, he did have addictions, alcohol. Um, he was addicted to cannabis and he also, he was bulimic as well. So he had all them three things that really did affect him through his life. So as you can imagine, it was complicated. Yeah, very complicated for him. Um, yeah. But you know, he was, he just kept it to himself. You know, he was a secret drinker, um, bulimia, I knew about, um, yeah, but it was just difficult, as you can imagine, for me and my kids and that. And unfortunately, after um, a long battle, he couldn't, didn't want to, and he stopped drinking. And unfortunately, um, yeah, he took his life. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, um, from, for me, obviously, and for Tom, I know Tom can resonate with probably potentially some of what your husband thought about, maybe, yeah. or, or, you know, what, how he got to that place. And mm -hmm. like I've said on this podcast before, it's not um, something that I've personally wanted to do, but I can understand how people get there. But from your point then, so you said obviously suffered with a few uh, different ailments and, and yeah, um, addictions, addictions yeah, for yeah. a long time yeah what did you know about his mental health like so what is it did you have any yeah. inkling about what was going on was it just some, something I think, you thought about? yeah to be honest you know Kim was of that generation as well you mm. know he was flat roofer in the building game coming from work going to the pub couple of pints with his mates and and that was just a norm really from when we got married um yeah. so he lost his mum when he was 14, so that was like a real sort of trigger for him, and I know that did affect him big time. Right. Um, you know, he, he grew up in a big family but not with a very tight network, and none of his siblings knew that he, you know, he had such a issue with alcohol, cannabis, and, and was even bulimic, so that was a bit of a shock to them. 
So um, on the outside, he was he was just like always smiling, you know. But yeah. in but he was also the subdued one. So if he was out in the pub with all our friends, you know, he'd be the su- subdued one in the corner okay. um, and wasn't like loud or anything. But that was just the way he controlled himself. Um, he loved his music, so he'd sit at home just with his earphones in and listening to music. So I think he was just always deep in thought. Yeah. So it was, was different. Yeah. He's in, he was so he was in like a real male orientated environment, right? Being that it was a trade, yeah, you know, trade definitely. Um, you know, being from that generation as well, where you know at least plus sort of a few years on on us in the mm. sense that he would have been around other people that really didn't want to open up yeah um yeah. that's something that he probably felt yeah. like. that must yeah. be really difficult for yeah because i find it reasonably easy to talk about my mental health that's me personally mm. but i also don't think i'm the era group that i'm in at the minute it's acceptable yeah no so, but yeah. i think you're more the era that mm. have started talking change, you know yeah. eight years ago i never knew anybody that had took their life um, and it was only since Kim died that people I started talking to people, and I always talk about it. I, I never sort of keep it inside because the more we shout about it, the more people like you guys will start talking. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm not ashamed of it. I was ashamed when he first died. I felt like I had this stigma over me. You know, her husband took his life. Yeah, you know, that's what and, you was felt. You felt. Yeah, life. absolutely. And and the emotions you go through um, is unreal. And you know happy to talk about anything you know as, as time goes on with you guys because it's it's such a big subject the aftermath of suicide mm. you know from the day it happens to like eight years on now you know the stories you know what I've had to go through and what my kids his friends have had to go through his family it, it, it's just the aftermath is just huge that's, you know yeah that's something um, for me that stops me from contemplating yeah, suicide at all when we, um, we spoke about it before this is something that i've said to tom and in the group is the only thing that stops me is that the thought of anyone else having to be in any other pain yeah they have to be, right. um i mean like i said suicide is probably the least selfish thing that someone could do for themselves mm. because that's their amount of pain you know like yeah. that whole broken leg just about that. Before. yeah but for everyone else, it could be the most selfish thing you yeah, do. Yeah. But it's so hard to voice that yeah. without sounding I think, like you're being yeah, critical. Absolutely. And yeah. I think from my point of view, when people say, oh, that's, he was selfish, I don't think he was selfish. You know, he, he's he's lost his life. Yeah, yeah. He's given us a lot of pain. Don't get me wrong. But he's at peace now because he was ill. And, yeah. and he was ill, you know, but just would never go and get help. And I think, as we say, go back to eight years ago, there wasn't, you know, people didn't go and get help. They didn't go to the doctors. They didn't talk to their mates in the pub, you know, and, and Kim never did. And he never spoke to me or the family about how he was feeling. Um, and now, thank yeah. God that it is out in the open and guys like yeah. you and hopefully me can bring this, you know, to everybody's attention and just talk. Changes are happening now. I think, yeah. I, think, I do think it's changing. I said from eight years ago, it was, I mean, even when I was younger, we weren't spoken no, about. I mean, when I had my first attempt, when I was sixteen, yeah. nobody spoke about it. No, if anybody no. mentioned the word about help, people thought about people in petty cells. Absolutely, you know, and the white yeah. jackets, yeah, straight jackets. Yeah, yeah. It, it has changed over years, and mm-hmm. it is changing. Mm-hmm. You know, it is still there is still a stigma, and there is still people who struggle to talk about it. 
but there's obviously people going out there who are openly talking about it like we are, yeah, you know, which helps definitely other people come forward. And this is obviously the platform why we do this as well, another reason to help yeah. people come forward. Getting people like yourselves who's been on the yeah. other side of it. I mean, I've yeah. been on the side where your husband's been not to the point obviously where I've got your yeah. obviously the end result with so your husband, obviously. But mm. I've been on that side of it as well. And so it's mm. it's it's the kind of it's nice to see someone else's perspective from that side. Yeah. Because I think of my wife. We talk to you after yeah, my wife. Absolutely. My, my wife could be where you're sitting. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Me, you know? Absolutely. And, but and uh, so I yeah. think that, and then that kind of like makes that kind of reigns it in a bit for me, mm. and that kind of grounds me. Yeah. A bit. And that's something that I'll probably use mm. as a grounding technique. You ever get yeah. into a situation like that again? Definitely. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. obviously it's such a. I mean, it's the it's like the best tool, isn't it? That when you hear someone's reaction to them uh, you know the end product of what yep. happened you know you, unfortunately your husband took his life for his own reasons yeah and you've been in a position that you feel like that and you've attempted that and you know what does that make you feel like tom like what does it make you feel like what does that before you think about your personal relationship that you know each other what did that make you feel instantly when you found out that information what does that make you feel about your actions or your intentions and what your wife like, and what does that make you? Well, like? I mean, let's talk to Debbie in the hearing house, and he tells the, the impact it's had on her, you know, yeah. losing, losing her husband everywhere. And I did like to say, I revert back to my wife. So I'm thinking of Georgie sitting there. Yeah. You know, being in that yeah. same situation, yeah. Debbie's, yeah. and her, her being like eight years on and me not being here, and, mm. you know, and I can see how much impact it had on Debbie. Mm. And I, and you've got children yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Your children, I've, like young children as well. So, what yeah. my children have gone through as That's, well, being a bit older, but yeah. they've still had to go go through That's hell, really unfortunately. Yeah. Because yeah. That's what we were we talking about beforehand. Is that you know what is the impact on children in a situation? If you're in a relationship, clearly been in a relationship for a long time. You was with your husband for a long time. Mm. You know you you've been with your missus for a long time, and you know you're on the other side of it. You know you, you've got the younger kids. You know your mm. kids are older. And this happened at well, an older age for them, wasn't it? It was a bit old. Yeah, Poppy was about 19, Joe 21, and Louis about 25. You know, so yeah. quite big ages. And, yeah. You know, puberty's gone through, hit mm. big, you know, big changes in life, leaving school, moving into colleges, university, big, you know, first proper jobs potentially. Mm. So these are big moves yeah. as well. And then on that other side of it, you've got, you know, starting off learning the small stuff, you know, really um, breaking through into school, building yeah. relationships. Mm um you know characteristics of themselves that are going to move on and the what's that impact had after obviously kim died um, and took his life what mm. what impact has that had on your relationship with your kids or your kids relationship mm. with you what what does that yeah. look like now uh, we are so close it's unreal um i think you know poppy Poppy and Joe, my younger two, I wouldn't say affected more, but mentally, Poppy had just got into uni at Canterbury College to do social care degree yeah. um, to start in September, and he died in the August. Of course, she went, and social care, you can imagine things we're talking about, about drug addiction and suicide, and so unfortunately, she couldn't carry on. And from that point, Poppy's really struggled yeah. over the last eight years to find herself. She's a musician, she's a poet, she's so intelligent. And say so she's just got into Aberystwyth Uni to do creative writing. And she's in a, a, I'll never say my kids are in a good place because they never will be, but she's in a better place. She's got married. Um, 
and and she deals with it but like yourself she suffers with the anxiety and and all the things that you guys suffer with but being a lady but still suffers with the same yeah you know it's 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 poignant that he was talking about earlier about um like you know the women's side of things as well obviously tom being a massive advocate for mental health and obviously this podcast as well and and you know generally just uh, you know mental health and different spectrums but it's so funny because we were talking about at the beginning that women have always been put in this place where they've said that they can communicate better, you know, the women go out for coffee, yeah. you know, socialise. Women but, rule the world. Yeah, women rule the world. But, <laughs> but who, like we said earlier, who goes into work, even yeah. a, a room full of women, and as a woman, strong woman, you're mm. not going to then just show some of your weaknesses no, or no. what we or what yeah. society classes a weakness because you know? some women are ashamed of what is going on indoors as well aren't they do you know what i mean they don't want to talk about it and you it, know so you've got that side of the mental yeah. health as well and from my point of view for, you know sitting here today with you guys talking about suicide there's so many aspects of suicide that i want to talk about and later on about yeah. the effects it's had on me and my family kim's yeah. friends and everybody and what I want to do moving forward in working with Tom is, is support people like me and people and women mm. and mums like your mum, Alex, mm. that has to deal with her son having mental health issues. How is that impacting her? And have a group that we can all sit and talk together, mm. you know, because that, that is so important as well. It's about building that community yeah, that, definitely. that allows for like yeah. a safety net as yeah. well and shows yeah. the normality of yeah. what people going yeah. through. Because what you went through isn't uh, abnormal anymore. Like Tom was saying earlier, there's not many people that um, there's not many people that knew someone that had taken their life years ago. No, like, there absolutely. Wasn't, you know, you wouldn't hear it very often. No. When you did, it was it was horrific, yeah. and you're like, "Oh my god, that's." Yeah. But now mm. it's like it's almost in the the top ten of things that people will mo- yeah, potentially definitely. die of. And when, like I said mm. the other day, one of the biggest killer of men uh, at the moment. It's, it's male suicide. Yeah, that that's mental. No, you know, that is like for one of better words, mental. Yeah. So for me, like it's a poignant point that you've talk, got to talk about the fact that it isn't just men. Women have been allowed to have a bit a better platform because they've they've opened up. They yeah. personally have opened yeah. up, whereas men didn't. We've always had a platform, but mm. we just didn't want to engage in it. So, mm. like, what the one thing that I personally want to know more about from 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 your side of things, obviously. You said your uh, your husband Kim that had addictions. You know, obviously he had that addictive personality uh, around different substances and bits and bobs. But what was it? So it so it was cannabis and then alcohol. Alcohol, and he was bulimic as well. Really yeah, okay. but I must say, yeah. he was a beautiful man. He mm. was beautiful um, inside and out. He was so caring. He. He would just do anything for anybody. He was a great dad, but he just was ill, you know. And I, I don't want to sit here and portray a bad, you know, no, no. saying bad about him because he wasn't, but unfortunately he had these illnesses, you know, and bless him, he he didn't have his mum from the age of 14. He didn't have that good care. And I know yeah. a lot of people do have, but still have issues. Yeah. But he just struggled, you know. Um this is this is really that's just a, a massive point isn't yeah. it tom is that yeah. uh you could be the best dad yeah, you could be absolutely. best at your job you can be yeah. best at anything in life you could be absolutely rocking life yeah, yeah. we had a mean, good life you know yeah. i i 
my job had progressed. Mm. He earned good money, I earned good money. Three amazing you had kids. It, you had it all on paper, right? You had it all on paper, yeah. Robin Williams. Yeah. Well, well I mean, you, you saying that, I mean, I remember when I first started, this a couple of years ago, uh, we I had a bloke approach me and somebody I knew for quite, quite some time, we discussed school and that with him. He approached me and he said, he says, Tommy, he said, the thing is, he said, I've got everything you could possibly imagine. I mean, he was a multi-millionaire. He got a big business in London. Yeah. You know, he got a nice house, beautiful wife, you know, everything. And he said, I've got everything you could imagine. You know, I, I know I want for nothing. He said, but I feel like I've got, I've got nothing. He said, I feel like I've got nothing. And he, he was in a really bad place. And, um, you know, he, he, he said to me, he went, you know, I've got all this stuff, all this material stuff, yeah. but it doesn't make me happy. Yeah, you know, and it goes show you that, like, it does go show you that no matter where you are in that food chain, that, you know, if you if, yeah. if you're going to be affected by it, you're going to be affected by it. So true, you know. And what is it then? Um, you know, you you had you know you had a good you had a good life. You know, um, his memory clearly lives on through through your kids and what the and the, the massive amount of work that they're doing to to better themselves and make themselves into great individuals, which they clearly will do. But what is it that you? saw in his addictions that you think potentially might have made that worse if any was there was there something that you thought because you obviously you spoke earlier about that it wasn't quite clear that that addictive qualities were there when you first met yeah but probably was underlying what if any was there any that really for you you went that's probably what made this situation a million times worse or none of the above so drugs drink is there one thing you could pin it and say that made this situation for him probably what that's why he got to where he got to or not at all it's it's hard because i mean we had lots of conversations about his addictions Mm. um you know our life was very personal you know i i I wasn't one to go i talked to my best friend about things like you do Mm. kim would never ever talk to anybody about his situation no not even his best friends so I think everything was always kept inside with him. So it it made it difficult to know sort of where, how how he was feeling at any possible time, yeah. you know. So ask me that question again because I've lost yeah. the plot now. No, I was so mesmerised by what you were saying as yeah. well. But also I just think... It, my main point really because i've worked with um you know lads lasses that are dealing with addiction still yeah. already and you know we've had partners come in to speak to us that are yeah. in absolute you know tatters about the whole situation and they say do you reckon that is the one thing that's making them yeah. feel down or depressed and i'm like I don't think you can quite pin it on one thing no and i don't think you could pin it on kim really because i no. think it just over the years you know um but the one thing he he would never stop drinking Okay. And we had conversations a Wednesday before he took his life on a Friday, mm. which is very personal, but I'm I'm happy to open up and talk about it. Yeah. We had a long discussion about his um, drinking and I'd said to him that I can't live like this no more because he, you know, we didn't have a social life really. Our, my friends would go out, I didn't go out, he wouldn't go out. My kids had all got older, were going out doing their own thing and we was at home. And when we did go out, because he'd been drinking before he went out, he didn't want to stay out. So it did have a big, big impact on our life. It in that social yeah, aspect it of did. drinking for, well, and, like just being out, wasn't yeah. it? You know? And this is then you start putting blame on yourself because I did say to him that night, but you've got to choose, you have to make a choice. Unfortunately, yeah. um, 
And that night I was in tears, he was in tears. And we we both, he just said to me, Debbie, you won't like it, but I'm never going to stop drinking. And I just said, but then I can't live like this. Um, yeah. And that's being very open and honest with you. And we went to bed that evening. He stroked my face and just said to me, I'll always love you. Um, and you've always been here for me and I know what I've got to do. So I'm thinking, oh, okay, he knows what he's got to do. So there's me thinking he's going to like stop drinking, it, you know, yeah. thinking, right, okay, this is the time I'm going to stop drinking. And then two days later, he took his life. That's yeah. powerful. And I think that is what he had to do was to let us live our lives and yeah, he that's... had to sacrifice his. Yeah. And that's my only way that I can sort of yeah. deal so with it... what happened. So it's like that's I mean that's addiction at its at its worst is that the one like I said, the one person you spend the whole your whole life with that yeah. you you operate around, um, you know, you have kids with, yeah. you, you know, you go through the most in, in uh, yeah. intimate situations with yeah. but won't do one thing yeah. to help themselves or or your relation or the relationship. And I think it's it's a selfish thing, addiction. It it really takes away the quality of the individual. It, it, you know, he was an amazing guy by all accounts, and and like you said, a beautiful man, Absolutely. fantastic yeah. individual. Yeah. And, and we were so in love. Yeah, we would still sit indoors. Yeah. He'd be in his chair, I'd be on the sofa, and we'd hold hands. Yeah, we'd walk up the street holding hands, and our friend June, we'd walk past and she'd say, "I miss you and Kim walking out the road holding hands." Yeah. but that's how we was. It's know? just it's sad because. When I see some of the lads I work with and some people that have passed through the doors that have addiction, it it cripples so many people yeah. to a point where they're great. They're fan, like absolutely some of the best soldiers I've ever seen with the best work history in relation to being a soldier, um, but just crippled by yeah. trying to stop drinking alcohol. And when you say to them, we're going to pop down to Change, Grow, Live in, in Maystone and I'm going to go down there with you. Yeah. You know, not holding your hand, but I'll go down with you, support you. You know, it's just a chat. They crumble. It's yeah. like you've put them in front of a tank and you mm -hmm. said, now battle it. It's mm -hmm. like it. it's the worst case scenario. And a lot of them say, I'm never going to stop. Yeah. I literally will never stop. And, you know, I, I just I feel like, you know, I don't think, that one conversation that clearly you had with your husband was the uh, no, be and end all because yeah. he clearly has been in a, a bad mm. place for a long time. But I know what you was trying to say a minute ago is like maybe he thought that was the remedy to the situation, mm. and that's he's not going to stop drinking, but he could stop, you know, mm. everything I mean, else. Yeah. Put the drink drugs aside mm. for a minute and just look at the individual being in that frame mm. of mind. You know, I can imagine it. I've been like I said, I've been in that similar situation where I've been nearly there where Kim was and you do think the best outcome is for your family to be without you yeah. so you do think that like, they will get on better about you they will get on you know it's proof of the pudding here with Debbie that it's not like you know it's not plain sailing it's in doesn't make you all better it doesn't, doesn't make no. you better but obviously Kim was in that frame of mind where he thought it was gonna and he was adamant in his mind that is what's got to be done yeah. and you know and so and obviously and and he chose that path and because he thought it was for the best, but and Just, it's shocking though. It, it's it's it, it's shocking from that someone. It's shocking that like just taken away from being anything personal. It's shocking that an individual. So like 
that one of the one of the smallest parts of your body takes over your whole body that much that you're willing to take away your own life to benefit to try to personally feel like it benefits other yeah. people and it that to me is still one of the biggest reasons why I, one i do this and two yeah. i do what i do because yeah. i think more people have to help these people like regardless of whatever that help looks like you have to do something mm -hmm. because if you felt the effects of it yourself and you mm -hmm. say you know you want to implement something that helps women and women amongst the men in our group and outside yeah. of that i think that's what people have got to do to change this whole stigma and our relationship with mental health because otherwise you just have people like that blokes that work all their lives graft have kids have a great marriage happy but actually underlining all that they can't have the one they can't do the one thing which is have a conversation yeah, yeah. you know actually talk about what they're feeling and go yeah. I don't mind having some yeah. help because I'm yeah. open enough to talk about it. It's I mean, sad. Sweet. I mean, a little while back, somebody said to me, I was talking about this someone about my situation that I was in a few months ago. And they turned around and said, do you, do you not love your wife enough to stay, to want to stay? And I said, the thing is, it's not about loving your wife. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you love them too much where you think that yeah, is the best exactly. option. And I thought, I'll pitch myself to yeah. being in Kim's situation. Yeah. And I can imagine he, the love for you and for his kids so great that he thought that yeah. was his only yeah. and you know and obviously you've got to kind of like see it from the, the, the other point of view as well his point of view yeah. or how he must have been feeling for that you know and it, it's got to be so hard yeah. it's got to yeah. be so hard to be in that frame of mind yeah. after i lost kim i built a really good sounds bizarre relationship with the funeral director joe yeah. and the coroner that's and, morbid isn't it yeah it's very morbid yeah, but <laughs> i did um and the coroner he said to me he lost his friend to suicide and he went to a group with loads yeah. of men who had attempted suicide but hadn't succeeded and he said that every guy in that room individually said to him you know his wife why did you why did you do that you know yeah. and um they all said because we thought our family or our wives or whatever would be better without us and they all said exactly the same thing and i think that's what you know kim mm. kim thought as well because but, that's so much love yeah. i think that actually yeah. it's hard to say because you don't want to say it and glorify it and make it no but you also i also get it because i when you're in love with someone or at that in love with your family and your friends and you respect them enough that you know that the pain that you're putting them through to to imagine then having to do to end that like i mean yeah. i i almost i almost applaud people for being that strong meant like to be able to go to that it, it's such a weird mixed emotion to me because i don't really know whether they've done something that's amazing in the sense that it it takes them to a really good place for them yeah. right so i think that's great for them yeah. but for everyone else yeah. which who they thought they were doing the best thing for it is the worst yeah. situation so that's why I'm sitting here with you guys yeah. today, really, so people can listen to and think other side about of it. other side of it. Yeah. Because Kim was struggling with mental health, absolutely. Yeah. But now I do a bit. Yeah. Not m madly, because I don't know, I'm lucky I'm quite a strong person, but my children do, yeah. which is going to affect, you know, I've got two grandchildren, seven, nine years old. When the day comes when we have to tell them what actually happened to their granddad, because yeah. Lily, Lily thinks that, He's hurt his leg and gone to heaven, you know. Yeah. So it's it just it's the knock on effect, and I mean yeah, that's that's exactly. the biggest point, isn't yeah. it? About this particular podcast today for me is that hopefully anyone that's sitting the other side of this, 
is going, you know what, I've heard what Debbie's had to say, I've heard what that Tom's had to say. It's not about making an informed decision. I don't want anyone to be sitting there and going, well, now I've got all the the all, all the coins and I've split them across and I've made them. Yeah. It's not about that. It's actually going, just stop a minute, take on board what both these people are saying, that they're both good points. But the point is actually, have you exhausted all options first, yeah. you know? Have you looked at the support you might be able to get? The lowest level support, that conversation with your partner, your friends, your family, the close people first, then start looking at all the other options, you know, medication, you know, start ticking the boxes first. Not to say once you've ticked all the boxes, you know, green light, but really think about what you're doing and the actions because like you're, you're, well, proof's in the pudding, isn't it? You're sitting there, a very strong woman for coming on and saying that but you shouldn't be in that Thank position. You. you know, yeah. you shouldn't be in that no, position. No. But it's probably, mate, like you said earlier, and like I said, the only way to get stronger in life is to is to overcome real real hardship and bad situations. Mm. You should never have gone through that situation, but you have. And mm. now your your kids will probably be a million times stronger for it. Yeah. You will be a million yeah. times stronger for it. Yeah. And that's a, 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 an almost positive legacy that your husband's then passed on. Mm is to show that mental health is is yeah. massive and it needs looking at. It yeah. needs people like us, people like yourself, coming forward to talk openly about it because yeah. otherwise we'll have more situations where we have yeah. wives sitting there yeah. or husbands yeah. sitting there or, you know, mums and, and, and fathers sitting there going, actually, they didn't speak about it. I think I said right from the start when Kim died, I just, you know, once I got my head around what actually happened mm. because for weeks and months it was like, I was like in a dream, do you know what I mean? I just couldn't believe it. But I always said that I didn't want his death to be in vain, you know, and if I can do something to help just one person not take their life, the same as you guys sitting here, then we've achieved something. But Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's why everybody's just got to talk and be open and honest and it's not weak to talk. But if you could say one thing, today like about somebody who might be in that situation what would you say what would you say to them if kim knew the devastation that he was caused after taking his life i truly believe he wouldn't have done it i truly believe that but i think from kim's point of view and all them years ago mm. he knew nobody that had been in that situation i knew of so he didn't know what the aftermath was going to be and that's what I'd say. It's, it's I no, mean, it, yeah, bad. I don't even know how you'd summarise it because it's, you know, it's so difficult. I mean, something that I, I wanted to ask actually and speak about was what reception did you get from everyone else about what Kim did and what what did you get? From, like, what, what sort of reaction did you get from people? Because... You know, when you were talking about people that end up with a bereavement, you know, and their partner passes away, you mm. get time at work, blah, 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 yeah. you know, yeah. it's really hard. Mm. But what did you get? What reception did you get from people? Like, did they know how to tackle this? Like, To be honest, it it was just so difficult because two days after we had the press on the door, it was in the Kent Messenger. Um, it was because he'd done it on local land, local people had to vote. So we had all that on top of everything as well. But yeah. family and friends, and we was both born in Eccles. Yeah. We both grew up in the village. We got married when I was 25 years, 27. So everybody knew us. 
So I was blessed with so many good people around me, but so many people that were just absolutely devastated and shocked because Kim, like myself, knew everybody in the village. He knew so many people around us, 500 people at his funeral. Everybody was great. Um, yeah. And I, I was blessed and my kids were blessed that we had so much love around us and we still have. Can you imagine... You know? you... Now I imagine for I don't, Tom, you you so you grew up in the area that you did you grow up in your area? Yeah, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, so yeah, so I mean it's potentially easier because you've got people that you can relate to that you kind of know, so you can release a little bit of that pain a little bit yeah. easier and quicker. Yeah, but I think for some people, I, I, and the people that I know that I've kind of met along the way is that you know the communication that they get from their partner committing suicide, whether it be male or female, is it's just this this whole oh they're selfish conversation yeah. and I think yeah. it's so damaging yeah. for yeah. the partner yeah. because then you build up you it must build up a hatred towards a person that you love potentially or a, a real and not there's no understanding of what happened so I suppose I've I've never seen it yeah. as a selfish act and I don't think my children have either and yeah. his friends mm. I think his his friends were like more shocked because they didn't know about all these addictions yeah. um but I'd, i've never seen it as a selfish act no. don't get me wrong when i get up there god help him i've never seen it as selfish i've i've seen it as brave and it that he's done it yeah. for me my kids that's what I mean. In the a words mad, in a mad way. Yeah, no, the mad. Yeah. It is mad because the words around it are brave and strong, and being as that, it causes so many issues. I mean, it it almost isn't them things, but it is because, like I said, that person's in so much pain. You, the one person you love the most, you didn't want to see him in that pain anyway. You would have done absolutely anything as well, and I'd, I'd guarantee it. You know, whether it be medication, like I said, the broken leg thing, you would have paid for. Yeah every ounce of physio if you knew that it was going to get in, yeah. like and there isn't that out there there's not you know there is there is talking therapies there are you know all these different organizations which is fantastic but if you don't open up and you haven't shown wanting and you haven't been you haven't been found at all yeah you you just go under the wayside you know and under, you don't walk right. around with a broken leg under you go to a and you get strapped exactly. up and it's visible uh, yeah, yeah it's visible yeah and i suppose and i said with kim he always had it if you spoke to anybody always mm. had a smile on his face yeah you know which is it always which almost makes it worse yeah. because you'd rather yeah. someone yeah. be this miserable person yeah because then it would make sense Absolutely. wouldn't it which is awful yeah. to say but it would make sense but it just never is the case um and i think that's one of the pointing things is that there's never there's no one size fits all when it comes to no, male suicide or generally true. anyone that commits suicide there isn't one size fits all there are some real poignant points that you made um and i think that's something that we will touch on throughout the time but for me it was the addictions and stuff like that being as that's what i work with a lot of the time that yeah. for me is quite poignant sure. because hopefully the lads yeah. some of my lads that are here and lads that i work with will yeah. watch this and see that the effect that that can also have yeah. you know um i think on the other side as well you know kim and i throughout the last few years we we had discussions about his drinking and he did try to stop a couple of times but unfortunately that you know sort of slipped back into it yeah. but he he would say to me that he hates himself he hated himself he hated himself for drinking he hated himself you know mm. so and and that was hard 
to think that he hated himself. He but would, that's yeah. She loved one, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. One. And it was hard. But the yeah. only person that could help himself him. was yeah, was him. Yeah, and that was the thing, you know, I could be there and yeah. and anything, give him advice or support, but Yeah. I, I was, think I, I think it, difficult. it is difficult because with addiction you don't like you as much as you want to um potentially deal with the problem at hand like personally you just can't because it's it's that it's personal to that individual it's it's like saying to someone you need to go to the doctor because you've got mental health like it's not as simple as that person has to acknowledge it first so acknowledgement is like really difficult uh, like i said it, it took me uh, quite a long time to really come out to anyone else about what, how i felt about my mental health but it was it was needed you know what i mean and uh, and i think now that i've done that i can see why it's, it's so important um having someone on, on like yourself and what you've gone through is important because of spreading that awareness around you know your family and friends what that looks like to them and how you know what what that affects could look like so yeah, yeah. definitely but no it's been it's been quite a uh chat today you know it's uh we've seen well we've we've heard you know the other side of the story and that as well and uh i think definitely need to get get you to come back on again um because there's some real individual points that are really poignant um but it's been a real heavy i mean for me it, it empowered i think hopefully it empowered you i hope yeah it empowered you to feel like his story you know his life didn't go you know it wasn't in vain yeah. you know what he done was um was for him to feel at ease and at rest and yeah. unfortunately it causes so many issues but your story will hopefully yeah. help other people well, come that's, forward that's why i'm here yeah. you know supporting you guys and supporting anybody out there that just needs the help just reach out to somebody yeah definitely yeah. but um yeah that's all we've got time for today Debbie, but thank you for coming on. Oh, thank you. And uh, it's been a great chat, and hopefully, we'll get you back on again. Definitely. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, remember, like, subscribe, follow, get on the Instagram, get on uh, Facebook, uh, the Men's Mind Project. Uh, make sure you get on Mind the Stigma Instagram and get on YouTube. And we'll see you later. Thank you very much, Debbie. Cheers. Very much.